Welcome! You're tuned in to the rest of the sermon, a podcast where we dive deeper into content, conversation, and application of Sunday Sermon at Westside Church in Poplar Bluff. If you want more information, you can visit our website at westsidepb.org. If you have any questions you'd like answered on this podcast, you can email them to info at westsidepb. Most importantly, it's all about Jesus. All right, guys, welcome back to the rest of the sermon. And we are here with, as my son Roman said on the way over here, Dad, Miss Nikki is like your faithful podcast partner. I am. That's good. Sidekick. <laughs> That's I am. good. You know, Miss Nikki, I've had a few people and a couple of family members be like, hey, man, what's the deal? few weeks with no podcast yeah. and that makes me kind of feel good though it does it does i was like oh yeah we've you know this that or the other so i say all that to say to the thousands of podcast listeners or two <laughs> as i like to tell myself there's two of y'all yeah for sure man sorry we've had a lot going on and we also um wanted to have a little bit of um some time yeah i think um i think the last one that we did was obviously very heavy, mm-hmm. and there's still a lot going on, and we'll obviously still get into all of that. But just some time, man, time for for us, for the staff, for the congregation, and for you as listeners, for us to be able to come back in and faithfully serve you guys. And so, Miss Nikki, how's life? Where are you guys at? We've got school. This is the last week for Popper Bluff. I'm so to, sad to start school, but you guys have been have had it going on. We have been the summers everybody's like, "Oh, life slows down in the summer." Right. No. Right. Not for us. Right. It's never been a slower time. Um, my daughter shows lambs. So we just wrapped up the Ripley County Fair. Yep. Um, the Missouri State Fair is happening right now. We did have plans to go up there. Sure. Life got in the way. We yep. did not go up there. Not a huge deal. My daughter's actually there today. Now, where wh- this, Where is the Missouri State Fair? Sedalia, Missouri. Wow. Unbelievable. Is, that's one of those decisions that happened in the 40s. It, and it had to. It's, it's never changed. It's not. Like, yeah. Especially from southeast Missouri where we are, there's not an easy way. Like no. You either go over to Springfield and go up yep. or go up through Rolla, but it's in an odd spot in the 100%. state. Yep. Um, yeah, that's interesting. You know, it's funny for us to be in this area. I mean, Kenneth's got the Delta Fair. Yeah. Puxico's got their homecoming. I mean, we've got like real legitimate fairs that happen around here you know and and i don't know like why the state of missouri cannot get together and i know there's so many that happen sure but last week alone you had the saxton jc boot hill rodeo that's right the sedalia was the kickoff of the missouri state fair and puxico homecoming all happening at the same time unbelievable now correct me if i'm wrong but the one of the featured artists at the saxton fair was little john yeah 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 right um did got, you did anybody go that you knew or anything there were some because, sure again i have teenagers yeah so me and aaron aiden are beefing on um julie's <laughs> snap or julie's facebook right now yeah. talking about not going to the saxton fair and i made the comment you don't have to go to any event anymore if you have a teenager, yeah. because they snap everything. 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 Yep. I've been to so many concerts I've not had to pay for. Yep. And I made that comment that there were several that I went to, and I'm going, kids, do y'all even know who he is? Uh, right. I, 
Yeah, I had a moment. So um, Chingy came to this place up by the lake. Yes. Yeah, all this stuff called the camp. For those of you who may are listening, it's this cool venue. And and so I was standing around a group of people, and this is for, this might be for a separate podcast. Eh. But one of Ch- Chingy's cousin, who is his like opening dancer. I danced with in St. Louis. Gotcha. We were in a dance group. We opened. My claim to fame is I opened for Chris Brown when Chris Brown <clears throat> was a little bitty guy. But anyway, I messaged the guy. He messaged me back and was like, we're going to be there. It's really cool. We ended up not going. Anyway, I'm standing in a group of people, and I was like, did anybody go to Chingy last night? And they were like, who? Yeah. And I, and I realized, and I looked up his albums, I mean, from 2004 mm-hmm. to like 2008, and then after that, it's a wrap. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, you were getting born around that time. Exactly. It's crazy. The Jordan family is the same way. Our kids have bucket lists and stuff like that for the summer. And so hopefully... Um, maybe next week on the podcast, I can have Courtney in here. Yeah, you can interview us. Have Haley and John. We just celebrated an eight-year anniversary being there at Westside, which is incredible. But school's starting back, and so maybe we can talk about back-to-school routines, this, yeah. that, and the other. But the kids put together a bucket list, and they've been knocking those things off: sleepovers with cousins and stuff like that. So I agree, a hundred percent. It's been busy. It's, it's been busy, and I love that about summer. Meet Courtney, and I've had this conversation several times about. We are the type of moms that hate when summer comes to an end because you blink and your kids are a year older. Yeah. It happens so fast. Yeah. Um, I was at I was not at Westside this past Sunday. I was at another church. Um and I was talking to the kids in the room and we had some and there was like three of them that were going into the eighth grade. And then I had to look and I was like, oh, this girl, Grayson, who's a friend of my daughter. I'm like, Grayson, you're going to be a sophomore. And then I looked to Jolie and I'm like, and you're going to be a junior. I know. And then her fella, Ethan, was there and I was like, and Ethan, you're going to be a senior. I don't like this conversation I know. anymore. We, it's not We cool. registered our youngest, our yeah. third Piper for school. And, it, and just being in the building and getting that packet. And I was just like, ah, here it goes. You know, yeah. the whole, it starts for the last one. So for Courtney, for the first time in 10 years, yeah. during the day, during the school day, from about 7.30 to 2.30 or 3, there's there's not going to be a kid in the house. Yeah. And so it's a game changer, well, man. So hopefully next week we can work that out to where yeah. she's here because she's going to need that. Yeah, um, for sure. It'll be distraction. fun. Distraction. It'll be fun. But what we did this Sunday is we started um, a new series that has sort of birthed out of everything that's happened, and we entitled it Defining Moments. And it's a little bit of an in-between. We start our big fall push and fall series in September. So excited about that. Can't wait to fill you guys in on the series of The Upper Room. We're going to be walking through The Upper Room Discourse, John 13 through John 17, these chapters um, all the way up to basically Advent and right. Christmas. And so, um, but yeah, we started a series entitled Defining Moments just because... I really had something stirring in my spirit that, man, what what has happened at Westside is a defining moment. Absolutely. And and what does that mean? What does that entail? And so we just, man, kind of told the story, the history of the church, 
we did all of that stuff, but I started the sermon out and people almost didn't even know how to respond, but I let people shout I back at me. It. Yeah, during the sermon, which was really cool. And it was funny how one guy set the precedent and then other guys tried to do mm-hmm. what he did. But I basically asked people and said, hey, what are some defining moments in yeah. your life? Like it can be a date, it can be a time, it can be anything. I mean, September the 11th, all of that stuff. So Nick, what is a couple, I mean, two, three, one, doesn't matter. What are some defining moments in your life? I think I have to go cliche like everybody else and think, you know, my wedding day, the yep. days um, my kids were born. Yep. I can tell you exactly what I was doing on September 11th. Yep. Um, Hurricane Katrina mm. was a huge turning point in my life with yeah. my family. Um, and then I also really can look back to January um, of 2017. Mm. Yeah, I think 16, 16 or 17. Yeah. Um, and it was New Year, New Family. Yeah, wow. Um, and that was another pivotal moment in my, not only my life, but in my faith as well. 100%. Um, and so those... I have those big days. Yeah, yeah, everybody um, does. I remember a big day for me with your family was when you guys were coming for the mm-hmm. New Year, New Family. And in uh, November, on a Sunday, I walked in, and it's deer season. Yeah. And so in our area, everything shuts down. Men disappear and yes. women disappear for a couple of weeks. And so, but I saw your husband and your oldest, uh, Coop, yeah. and they were in the back in their camo. Yeah. And I said, what are you guys doing here? And, and Rick said, we had time, and, and I told Coop, hey, man, let's let's go to church, and then yeah. we'll go back out in the woods. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. Something, and that was, yeah. That was, that was kind of leading up into when I said New Year, New Family. I remember my brother, who through like we can absolutely go through the process and we'll get into that more yeah. on how we came to West Side and we've spoke on it before. Yeah. Um, but my brother called me one day and he's like, I'm gonna tell you something that's gonna blow your mind. My wife's never been baptized. Can you believe this? And yeah. I'm like, You want me to make your mind explode a little more? Neither has your sister. And he's like, What? You've never been <laughs> baptized? I'm like, I and I was from more of a legalistic background that I felt like I needed to be perfect. Sure. There were reasons. And New Year, New Family was the moment. I was officially, well, not officially, I was baptized. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I had been a lifelong follower. I just, there were steps and things that I had done incorrectly. Sure. And then my our family came to support me, and my husband was baptized the same day. It's incredible. And that was, you know, yeah. just a couple months after they came out of the woods. I love for, it, man. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I would say defining moments for me in in my adult life are absolutely i think the reason why people say these dates of a wedding date and when your mm-hmm. kids are born it completely changes the trajectory of your life there's also when i look at my childhood of moving mm-hmm. with my parents yeah. and so when we would move when i moved to the middle of my junior year it would have been probably late late september early october I moved from Kennett, Missouri, where the entire school might be 500 people, right. uh, to Columbia, Missouri, mm. to Rockbridge High School. And my graduating class was like 575 kids. Wow. And that was a defining moment in my life and all of that stuff. And so, yeah, man, I mean, you know, I just celebrated eight years on the first Sunday in August yeah. uh, when I stepped in as being lead pastor at Westside. And so... These defining moments are intense. And and one of the reasons why we said that is because 
And it was just so timely. One of the reasons why we didn't have a podcast last week is I had to shoot up to St. Louis, do a funeral for a dear friend's mother um, who I served with in the church. She was on the board. She did everything, Miss Joyce, and she was just a saint of a lady. But as I was listening to everybody talk and I was at dinner with the kids, it just dawned on me and then thinking about this series, the reason why defining moments are so significant in our life is because our lives are the sum total of these defining moments. When we sit around and we talk about what we've done and we recollect on our lives, that's significant. But for us now in the here and now, the reason why we need to know about them and be aware of them is because we said the quality of our life is how we respond to those defining moments Mm -hmm. in the here and in the now. And so, man, I mean, it was a very relatable topic. And then we just sort of dove in and we did a little bit of like a of a recap and in, in stuff of the history of the church. But how did we, we defined a defining moment a certain way. What was that definition? An experience that is memorable, meaningful, and missional. Yeah, yeah. So I think when you look at it, memorable, duh. It's just right. like you said, I could tell you what I was wearing, yeah. you know, and where I was. It's memorable. It's meaningful, which means it has impact on us. Um, But then the third thing being missional means that it changes the direction of our life. So we're, we're in our life, we're going a certain way, and then graduation happens. Yeah. And it's like, well, what's next? Well, um, you know, I used to play sports, but now I'm going to, you know, it, and it changes the direction of our life. And so that's kind of the definition of a defining moment. But I really wanted to bring it in and really explain to people sitting in the pew on Sunday how they even got to sit in that pew. I thought that was beautiful because we are an established church in the fact of Westside has existed since 1964. Yeah. However, we're still a young church. Sure. And so many of, we kind of went through a rebuilding phase. Absolutely. And I mean, a lot of churches are going through that. COVID changed everything. Yep, changed the game. And I, I tell people, they're like, oh, well, I went there, you know, five years ago. I'm like, we're not the same. Yeah, I was there. No, we're not the same. Yep. Unless you've been there in the last year or two. Yep. And I really say year. Yeah, absolutely. We are not the same. We went through some growing pains. Good 100%, and bad. Yeah. And so I just, I showed a picture and I, I said on the date in April of 1964, when Margaret and Ted Cross under with a group of 33 other individuals under the leadership of the mission board of the denomination that they were a part of met in the basement of their home. And I showed the picture of the house, showed those black and white photos of the people in that first congregation. And then I said a few months later, they outgrew that and they were in First Baptist Sunday School building. And then they outgrew that and they built a building on Harper Street um, for $33,000, which is, you know, vehicles are four times the price of that now. And and then talked about how uh, Pastor Billy Wiles, they bought two parcels of land and then built the building. And then I showed this black and white photo of maybe, you know, a hundred or so people, little kids, bell bottoms, yeah. all this stuff out in front of the West Side building like it is now. And I said, that picture hangs in my office 
But one of the things that's startling to me, and I think startling is the correct word, is there's a moment where I'm caught up in nostalgia Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, wow, look at this black and white photo. And then it dawns on me. I am now what they were then. Yeah. And what I mean by that is I'm a congregant of this church. And so there's going to be a time, you know, Lord willing, 40 years from now, where somebody looks at a picture of all of us and now the mantle has been passed in that sense. And so it was just really going, here's life experience. Here's what defining moments are. And then this local church this is how defining moments have shaped that. Well, all of those events you mentioned happened in a 10-year time frame. I mean, it's unbelievable. In, in months, it went from basement to we need a building. Yep. And then in, I mean, 10 years. Yeah. Guys, those of us with older kids know how quick 10 years goes. A decade is nothing. 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 And they were already having And that is such a beautiful moment. And then we have, we are fortunate that we've experienced Margaret Cross and there's members of our church who've served on our board, who were baptized in our church. And we can share those foundational stories. hundred percent. We've got pictures. I was looking in the attic space for something not long ago and found all of the women's ministry photos of Miss Frida that I get to see every Sunday. Unbelievable. And it is such a beautiful thing that these stories are those moments that we're still talking about yeah, and, and sharing. And the quality of the church now is what we said is because of how those people responded to a defining moment yeah. in their life. And then I just really brought it kind of home in the sense and said, you know, can I suggest another defining moment that's, I believe, shaping our congregation? Mm-hmm. And that's July 13th. Yeah, It was a very significant day when JT, our youth director, had the motorcycle accident and we called an emergency prayer meeting at the church and people were there until a hundred people at some point until 1130. And then we got the news and, and I said that, you know, we don't have to ask this question, will God show up? Right. Because we believe that God is always present mm-hmm. and at work, right? I'm with you always to the end of the age. God is the same yesterday. I mean, all of these Bible verses, when you sit and meditate, you go, wow, that has profound implications on my life. And I said, so it's not, will God show up? It's, will we wake up yeah. to God's presence? And I said, there. when it comes to defining moments, they can be good, yeah. they can be bad. But w- one area that is always a defining moment is suffering and pain, Yeah. right? I mean, nothing pumps the brakes, nothing levels us like trauma and suffering. It unifies us in our grief and in our Absolutely. And and I read the quote from C.S. Lewis where he says, you know, God, you know, speaks to us, but he whispers to us in our pleasures, but he shouts to us in our pain. And then he says, pain and suffering is God's megaphone to arouse and awaken a deaf world. And we can we can look at those moments like generationally. Hundred percent. Every generation has those big moments where they can look and see, oh, I remember what I was doing here or there. And yep. and for us as West Side, we have those moments of we can look back and say, Hey, on April in nineteen sixty four yep. we were founded. But you know what? On July thirteenth, yep. 
we all rallied together. 100%. I can tell you who was in the room yep. for the most part. Parts of it are a blur. 100%, um, yeah. But the presence and the people. One of the things that I had this conversation at the Ripley County Fair with yeah. a friend um, who was in the know. She's on the cusp. She, sure. She watches. Sure. Um, and she said, through that young man's death, it has been beautiful to watch your church. Mm. And I looked at her and I said, I'm going to need you to explain that. Yeah, for sure. And she said, you guys rallied mm. around each other. She said, your social media, watching. She said, she's Catholic. Yeah, sure. Um, and she said, you know, I have been watching and listening to your church and listening to your pastor's sermons. Wow. And she said, hearing you guys wow. and the way this man's life not only impacted all of you, but still yeah. is just pointing back to Jesus has been beautiful. And I'm like, yeah. I, and it's crazy to think about how your defining moment can almost become someone else's defining moment yeah. as well in that sense. And so I said, if I were, if I was to boil something down that keeps rising to the surface in this defining moment in our church's history, and it was the big idea on Sunday, and and it's really this. So what's God saying to us? Yeah. What's what's God saying to us as individuals? What's God saying to us as as a congregation? Because you know, I'm hearing, hey man, I tell people that I love them a lot more now. I hug people. Then there's people that are like, you know, I really want to get involved. You know, yeah. I've really seen through. And so something's stirring. God's yeah. doing something. So I wanted to pause, look at defining moments and see how we can navigate and walk through this, which is the reason why we landed in that Mark 1 passage, mm -hmm. right? And so in, in Mark chapter 1, what's significant about that is it's beginning Jesus's ministry and Jesus hits the scene. And Mark records the very first sermon that Jesus preached. Most scholars believe that it's like the sermon that he would preach in you know every town that he enters into. And, and it goes like this, Mark 1, 14 and 15. And Jesus would enter into the town and he would say, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Yeah. I mean, like one verse, like just incredible. And what's interesting, the reason why that's a defining moment is not just because it marks Jesus's ministry and all this stuff, but this is where we nerd it out a little bit. The word that Jesus uses in that verse, time, is very significant, like massively significant. I got really tickled at you when you said you could say it in your Southeast Missouri because I really <laughs> felt very called out. Yeah, in that yeah, moment. sure. So, so basically, in the original language, there's two words for time. Okay, one is chronos, which is where we get the word chronological from. Right. So, when you think of chronos, think of a watch. Think TikTok, TikTok, not TikTok. Yeah, 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 right. But, yeah. but minutes, hours, seconds, all of that—just linear time. How it never ends. That is not the word that Jesus uses. Jesus does not say the chronos is fulfilled. Right. He, he uses another word in the original language. It's called kairos, okay? Kairos is not about a watch. Think about a window. Yeah. We said that chronos is our time. Kairos is God's timing in our time. 
It's significant. It's that defining moment. It's, I know where I was. I knew what I was wearing. And so then we kind of just sort of dived in and, and we said, okay, so what does this look like then? If, if the Bible speaks to a Kairos moment, and by the way, we want this language to start permeating West Side and anybody listening to this. So you can meet with your girlfriends or, or your boys and you can just be around a meal together and you can say, hey guys, I'm glad we're together. I am processing, I had a real Kairos moment yeah. this week at work. And, you know, my boss or, hey, man, I think my family, my wife and I, it's a real Kairos moment. It's that God timing in our time. And then we just sort of started talking through what do we do? How do we deal with that Kairos moment? One of the graphics that is up on our Facebook page compares the two. Yeah. Um, and it, it does get a little deeper into that. And it's really good to kind of compare. And we went from the Kairos moments into how does this, how do we see God in this moment? Yeah. And the first point you hit was for us to observe. Yeah, yeah. And so if you think about a Kairos moment, a straight line, the, these graphics, the notes, there's a packet, it's all on our website. You can go to the sermon. But, it, but if you think of a straight line, that's Kronos. But then if you put a little star in the middle of that straight line with an arrow pointing down, that's a Kairos moment. If you draw a circle around that and then split that circle in half, there's two halves because Jesus gives two verbs in the text as to, okay, I'm in a Kairos moment. What do I do? Well, Jesus says, you repent and believe the good news. So the two words that fill the circle are repentance and belief. And so we started with repentance and we said, okay, what does this word mean? And man, it it breaks my heart. One of the things that makes preaching so difficult, and one of the reasons the birth of this podcast, the rest of the sermon, is I, is I have a very limited time yeah. on Sundays. And some people are like, really? Because you almost preach for an hour. But anyway, um, it's, you know, the word repentance has become a dirty word. Absolutely. I mean, it is negative. When you think repentance, you think of a guy with a bullhorn standing on the corner or a red freight faced preacher yelling, screaming at you, you're going to hell. Yes. It's it's not that hard guys. Yeah. And, and the reality is yes, repentance deals with sin, all of that stuff. But the very definition of the word repentance means a change of mind and a change of direction. Yeah. So if you're walking a direction and you have an epiphany moment, a Kairos moment, and you go, you know, I don't want to go, you know, everybody uh, January 1st has a Kairos moment. When Not they, everybody. I when, gave up. When, when, when we look in the mm-hmm. mirror or we put that favorite outfit on, we all have a Kairos moment and we go, hey, these pants don't, they don't COVID, th- yep. these pants don't fit anymore, you know? So what do you do? You change your mind and you change your direction and you begin to go a different direction. That's that's what mm-hmm. the word means, guys. And I use this illustration. I said, think about it this way. God's word reveals God's will. Yeah. So think about God's word as a road, right? And we're going down this road. Think of your life as a car driving on that road. Our van just recently had to get some realignment done on the wheels because it wouldn't drive in a straight line. Right. It would veer off the road. And so think of repentance as realignment. 
It's I'm just getting back to God's will and God's way. And and so how do we do that? Was well, it was the first thing that you said, yeah. which is observe. Yeah. Be present. Awareness. Yes. You you just have to be aware. Yeah. If you get that, ugh, wait a minute, yep. this shouldn't something's take going a moment, on here. Take a beat, pause, just wait. Why why is that so hard to do? <laughs> right? Because of your next point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think, you know, we keep using the word respond over and over. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why observe to step back and go, man, why do I feel this way? Or why did that, when I got that phone call and I saw that name pop up, why did I feel anxiety? Or why did, these are all Kairos moments. Yeah. And I think the reason is, is because we don't respond, we react. Yeah. Right. And so reaction is the knee jerk. I'm not going to think. I'm just going to blurt out. I'm going to do. And so what observing does is it helps us sort of respond in that sense. So the first one was observe. What's the second one? Reflect, which nobody likes to do. Yeah. Yeah. Reflection um, is a big deal because in reflection, you start naming emotions. So observing is. I'm feeling this way, I'm, you know, this, that, or the other. And then reflection is naming those emotions. Do you, and and it's okay if not, but Nikki, have you found a way of naming things or like, what's that looked like in your life to be able to observe and name things like, okay, I'm feeling this, I'm going to name this. What does that look like for you? Um, It it looks like stepping back. I am very much a Enneagram two and everything (laughs) in everything. Like, Oh, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And when you are such a person that doing almost will overtake emotion, you don't want to sit and feel ever. Um, because there's things that's, that's just a pause. You kind almost sometimes feel lazy in that. Um, but now I'm learning um, and it does get easier with time and practice Sure. to sit back and say, okay, wait a minute. I am struggling with this. I keep banging my head against a wall in this area or with this situation, person, whatever it may be. Um, how can I process this? Something's not working. A lot of times for me, that's writing in my prayer journal. Mm, that's good. That's and good. that tends to be helpful. Um your wife is one that kind of helps with that. Good, because good. Because she's like, are you sitting with things? And I'm like, no, I don't want to. Yeah, um, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I think I, I, I have just come to observing that I think my body notifies me before my mind knows. Mm. So before I am conscious yeah. of I feel blank or whatever, I'm anxious, I'm sad, I'm whatever. I think my body tells me that. And if I'm able to just take a breath or when I first wake up or observe, I'm able to do that yeah. in that sense. And so I think that's important. So it's observe, it's reflect, and then what's the next one? Discuss it. Yeah, discuss it. That's where it's bringing people in. Yeah. Right. I think it's significant. You already mentioned that a little bit. I think you were very wise, though, when you were discussing this. It's bringing people in. It's talking with people in your community. But it's also knowing who to talk to. 100 percent. Everybody in a Kairos moment has has an option. Yeah. You can call who you want to call 
who will tell you what you want to hear, or you can call and invite in who you need to in that sense. And I said, you know, that verse when Jesus says, don't cast your pearl before swine, everybody's like, what do we do? That's the most weird thing ever. What he's referring to is if you imagine a pig eating slop or whatever in a trough, and then you dropped a diamond or a pearl Mm -hmm. right in front of that pig, it's not going to stop eating. It's not going to recognize the value of that pearl. And what Jesus is saying is, be careful on who you let in on something that's valuable to you. And so I think you've got to notify people and bring them in. And guys, here, do you want to know how relationships change, how your community group changes, how friendship changes, is when you initiate. Yeah. When you say, hey, you know, can I just be honest with you? You know, my wife and I are not good. Mm Mm-hmm. And bring someone in because guess what's going to happen two seconds after you do that? Man, listen, things aren't good with me and my wife. And so maybe we can, and it just takes the one person to initiate something like that. And it's a game changer in that sense. And we got to witness that in church on Sunday. I went back and watched the live feed and then listened to the audio later. Yeah. Um, and you opened service and there was kind of a moment of an altar call. Yeah. And it always takes that first person yep. to go up and then you'll see five or six more. 100%. All it takes, but it's knowing. I have a moment very early on in my marriage with my coworkers who was one of my very best friends. I mm. love her dearly. Yeah. Went in, was grumbling about my husband. I don't know what Rick had done, sure. but we've been married a long time, and that was in the beginning. We didn't really... Oh, love you, Rick. I love you, but didn't like you back in that moment. Yeah. And I was grumbling to her about something, and she brought up past things mm. that he had said or done. Well, he said he was going to change that, and I remember thinking very vividly going, well, I'm not even mad about that anymore. Why is she mad about that? Mm. And it was kind of that moment of like a light bulb, like, oh... Because I love him. She loves me. Yep. I am her friend first. That's good. Rick is a byproduct that it taught me in that moment, be careful who you voice things to. Yeah. Because they're going to, like, my family's going to love me. They love Rick. My mom takes Rick's side more than she does mine. <laughs> but that's it. taken 20 plus years to 100%, get there. 100%, yeah. And in those, it's very wise if you have those community groups, if you have that friend that sends you the Bible verses, in those Kairos moments, that's the friend. You don't need the one that you're having to explain, why are you going to church on Sunday? Sure. That's not the friend you need to reach out to in those moments. It's those that are sending you the verses that are holding you accountable. 100%. And listen, guys, I can't stress it enough. If you want your experience, your relationship, whatever the word is, with the church family that you are a part of and attend— initiate that vulnerability, Yeah. initiate that invitation and watch your experience completely change. Yeah. Then it goes from Sunday attenders to family members in that sense. Yeah. And so that's what's happening in the repentant side of the circle. It's observe, reflect, discuss. And what we said was that's all internal. Yeah. The word repentance really refers to internal activity that's happening in a Kairos moment. It's helping you process but then we move to that second word, 
which is believe. Yeah. And believe is external. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, it was really cool to watch the crowd's response because when you say the word believe, people think faith and, and all of that's great. What's interesting is the word believe in the scriptures, a word that is actually a closer and better translation. So take John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he forgave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him mm-hmm. should not perish but have everlasting life. And then everyone's like, okay, what does believe mean? Well, how about this word? For God so loved the world that he, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever rests in yeah. him should have eternal life. Man, when you substitute the word rest for the word believe, that's a game changer. Yeah. That changes everything. So now what's kind of the first point there under believe? Under believe, we plan. Yeah. And I love when you said, um, what is it? Oh, it's the silly, if right. you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. Yep. And that is so very basic. Yep. And, you know, it can... But it's so very true. So, number one, I don't know a single person who doesn't want to improve their marriage. No. I don't know a single person. I mean, literally. If they want to stay married, no. Yes, 100%. So, what's the difference in people who have a good marriage and a great marriage? It's people that plan Mm -hmm. and execute. Yeah. That's it, 100%. And so, this is now going, okay, this is the situation. This is how I felt. I've brought some people in. Okay, now I think I need to call him back. I think I need to do mm-hmm. this. I think I need to go talk to the bank. I think I need to, okay, I'm going to put a plan of action together in that sense. And then that moves us to what's the next one? Account. Accountability in that sense. Yep. This is now asking those people that you've brought in, you're going, hey, okay, I think I'm going to call her back. And they go, okay, great. And then you say this, hey, listen, I need you guys either to ask me tomorrow yeah. or to send a group text saying how did the conversation go yeah. and and I just threw out the statistic and it comes out every year but people who start working out on their own almost always fail yeah people who start working out with a workout partner is something like 95% of them are more likely to actually complete their goal this is, guys, what we're doing is these are actions to community. This is what you're longing for in your church. This is discipleship. When you were giving this, my brain went, teamwork makes the dream work. Yes. And that was exactly. 100%. Yes. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, this is what we're supposed to. It's discipleship. It is team mentality. Yes. And then what's the last one? Move. Act. Yep. Nike had it years yep. ago. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And here's kind of the, the, the thing. You know, we can... You know, I had the whiteboard and ooh, that's good. And this is a discipleship circle. And wow, that's great. And then I just paused for a second and I said, listen, I know what some of you are saying. I know some of you are saying, Pastor Jason, I don't under I don't think you understand to the degree of what you're asking me yeah. to do. And the reality is that's true. I don't know all the implications of your relationship with your dad or the marriage or this, that, and the other. But I do know this. I mean, I can stand on my Bible, and I can say this from the rooftops, and it's this, God always blesses obedience. Absolutely. A hundred percent. 